Welcome to My Autism Tribe, a community of advocates that are linked by autism but bound by strength. This is a time to find our sounding board and shoulders that help us carry life's load without the fear of criticism. We give and receive. We nurture and empower. I'm your host, Susan Scott. Eloping is an all-too-common problem among children with autism, and so much so that the phenomenon has been on the radar of the CDC for years. It's described as the urge to leave protected and safe surroundings, such as a home or school, without notifying anyone. It's also known as wandering, running, or bolting. The two primary reasons that a child may leave their surroundings is to leave a bad situation or to pursue something they want. If you've discovered your child as a runner, you may already be aware of the measures you need to take. If you're just beginning your autism journey, the idea of your child walking out the door in the middle of the night and vanishing may scare you to death, and you're not alone. Today, we're speaking with Tracy McIntyre, and she knows firsthand the fear that surrounds elopement. She's a mother, advocate, friend, STEM educator, and business owner. Her most important role, however, is being a mother to her 13-year-old son, Roman. When her son was diagnosed with autism, they began a new journey of advocacy for Roman, advocating for other families, and reinventing how our children learn. Hi, Tracy. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's so exciting. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Well, I okay, so you have a 13-year-old son, Roman, who, from the pictures, he is absolutely adorable. I want everyone to, yeah, you're welcome. I Just tell us a little bit about Roman. Um, I know he's 13 years old now. What age he was he diagnosed? Just tell us a little bit about his backstory. Well, Roman was diagnosed at two and a half years old and it was just a series of things that kind of brought me to finally maybe I just need to get him tested mm-hmm. one was um, I was assistant director at a school at the time and he was at the school with me mm-hmm. and I just noticed there was like this decline all of a sudden sure. where um, his teacher would come to me hey all of a sudden he's not holding his cup like he used to hold him um, and mm-hmm. she was so amazed that she had him doing all this great stuff. And so all of a sudden, she's like, you know, don't, you know, freak out or anything, but he's not holding his cup like he used to. He's, mm-hmm. She started him going to the potty, introducing the potty. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing that. And she's like, he's just getting really withdrawn in himself. He used to be just playing with everybody. And she's like, he just kind of sits in the corner now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, nothing's going on at home. Mm-hmm. And they had just transferred to the two-year-old room. I said, well, maybe it's the two-year-old room. It's a new environment. Um, let's, you know, see how it does. You know, take some notes and let's, let's see what happened. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of this steady decline. Sure. And that particular school closed. We moved to another school. And he was crying all the time now. And where before, he was fine. I could drop him off. He was like, peace. See you later, Mom. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even with the decline, he was fine. He, you know, bye-bye, mama. And now he would just cry all the time. I'm like, well, maybe it's because we moved to a new school. It's a new teacher. Sure. And it just got to be too much for me. And at that time, I had just been promoted to area trainer. Mm-hmm. And I had to make a choice. And I remember just sitting in my office. I got to figure out what's going on with my kid because some, something's happening. Sure. And I wrote the letter to our area manager and was like, I have there's something going on with my son. Ordinarily, I wouldn't do this, but I 
I can't take this position and I have to give you my notice. Oh. So there, it just, and it was, it was, oh, it was crazy. You know, that was my dream right there. I was like, no, something's going on. Get to my kid. So we started, you know, staying at home. And I just started doing the things that I knew. And just was watching him and taking my own notes and just interacting with him every day. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I always, this is how I always kind of tell it. The aha moment was, I remember this as clear as day. Yeah. I was folding clothes in my room, in the bedroom, and my son was playing with his father in the living room, and I was watching Larry King, mm-hmm. and it was Jenny McCarthy and Holly Robinson Pete. Oh, yes. And I was like, oh, oh, you know, I'm all excited because, you know, I had all of Jenny's books. Sure. And I had no idea. I hadn't kept up with them, so I didn't know either one of them had children on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, what's this all about? Are they making a movie? You know, you don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Well-known, yeah, well-known women. Right. You know, like, what's going on? So I turn it up, and I'm, I'm listening to them tell their stories. And one by one, each is, you know, um, Larry's asking him, so what is um, autism? And, you know, both are describing it. And he's asking for both of um, the ladies to describe their children. Mm-hmm. And as each one is describing their child, I'm, like, checking off. Sure. And I'm like, okay. And I'm not panicking, but I'm like, okay. So the next turn, you know, Jenny was talking about her child. Okay, but no, he doesn't have seizures. Okay. And listening to this going, I think Roman may be autistic. Mm-hmm. By the end of the interview, I was like, I need to call ECI, which is our, um, I don't know if it's a national thing or not, but it's for early, early intervention. Sure, like first uh, steps or... Yeah. Yeah. And so I was familiar with them while I was working. I didn't know exactly what they did, but I was like, I'm just going to call these people because I remember them working with kids. Right. In our school, I just wasn't, you know, sure what they did. So I told them my whole story about what they did, uh, what I saw, um, what was going on with my son, and we did an eval. And she was like, I'm not take to a formal, you know, diagnosed. But, you know, it could be that. And, you know, that kind of, that motion, of course, testing and getting that uh, diagnosed. Right. Which, and so that was, he was two and a half at that time. He was two and a half. He was two and a half. And I wasn't, you know, there's, you know, there's that moment, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It was just finally, I know what's going on with my son. Yeah. And from then on, I was like, what do I need to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't have time to break down. I'll, I'll do it later down the road or whatever. But I just need to get busy now. He's young. Let's get, you know, whatever I need. And they introduced me to the PPCD program, which is a preschool program for children with disabilities. Oh, that's cool. in the school district. And I kind of, <laughs> I remember my heart kind of sunk. I was like, my baby's going to school already? <laughs> <laughs> Fill out a pull up. He was like, "Oh my God, he's a baby!" And so, what it is once they turn three, children will go into this program. Okay. And oh, I got to ride the bus. Oh my goodness! And, which <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I had to let him do it because by then he was seeing buses and kids getting on the buses, so he loved school buses. And the school was in our neighborhood. It was 
maybe three minutes away. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Let's let him have this whole experience. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so cute getting on the bus. It's, I bet. Oh, you know, he's all excited. Bus, 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 bus. He's so excited. So he, we started on that journey. That was our journey. Full on was when he was three. Sure. Okay. Um, we had all our services, you know, coming to the house until then. And, yeah, it's just... And it's it's all just kind of a process. And I there's so many autism parents that I talk to. It's like, okay, well, this was happening, you know, when they were three years old. But then, my goodness, when they turned seven, this whole other thing just popped up. Like, where did this come from? And so I think just like with any child, with each of us, you know, as we evolve, you know, different schools, different things happening in our lives, like new little challenges kind of pop up. I know one of the, uh, you know, primary topics that you love to speak on, just because you have personal experience with that, is the elopement. And uh, you've experienced that with Roman. Can you share about what time in his life you started seeing that and kind of what circumstances came about? So Roman is now 13. He, I always prepared, if you would, Mm -hmm. for it to happen at any time. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a matter of me waiting until it happened. I just kind of took action once I started reading stories. Right. Yeah. And seeing that this can happen. And so I remember buying my first kit. Sure. <laughs> the, the, yeah. Uh huh. On my door, which I still have. They're on my windows and on my doors. And um, I have different locks on it that I know he cannot remove. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until he entered middle school where I decided I need to get him a device. Mm-hmm. And it was because this is a new environment. It's a huge school. Um, he started off at a, a kind of a medium-sized school, and then we transferred to a brand-new school, which is like the size of a high school. Okay. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. It's daunting. So I'm like, yeah, this is, this is not going to work. I need to make sure that, you know, he's safe. He also has ADHD, mm-hmm. and... I know how my son is because I I have ADHD too, and so I know I you know a bird could fly and (laughs) (laughs) completely lost me. So I know (laughs) this big shiny awesome school with all this stuff in it, and he's trying to get from class to class. He's not going to make it. Yeah. So I put the device on him for that reason. And last year is when we actually had a case of him eloping where um it was as we all described it was kind of a mixture of autism and you know preteen and he just got so worked up he ran out of pe and Mm -hmm. ran to the doors and everyone just kind of bolted after him and and luckily they got him um before he got any closer Mm -hmm. but he did have his device on but that to me was like okay I was preparing for this, didn't think it would happen, but I was preparing for this, but at the same time, the the percentage of our children that are eloping is 
so high. Yeah, and, and I've thought about that before too. And it's you know, it, I'm the same way that you are. You know, I don't think Alex would ever do that. But I also know that he doesn't have that sense of danger that right. people would normally have and so it's one of those things you don't want to wait until something bad happens like you want I'm trying to teach him how to cross the street and have a familiarity with first responders and things like that you know because it's always in the back of my head you don't really realize and and those are things I I still teach women but I know his sense I don't know what he's scared of, if that makes sense. He wasn't really scared of a lot of things growing up. Mm-hmm. There was one cartoon with a character in it he was kind of scared of, but it was a girl, and she was on roller skates, and he hated the sound of her roller skates. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? And so that was it. Yeah. And so my son has seen aliens and all that. No, he just cracks up through it. So it's like, oh, my God, what is, <laughs> what is my kid afraid of? Yeah, and I think about things now. You know, you know, you hate to think about, but things going on in the schools right now, and I'm like, my son won't know that this is danger. Sure. Yeah. And you know, like in the case of elopement, it's the same way. So I just kind of started on my own campaign to help parents and just say, hey, don't put this on yourself thinking that you lacked in something or you neglected your child's um, uh, safety. It's just, it happens. It happens in a blink of an eye. Yeah. To where you're on the playground and you reach down for your purse or you turn around and it's be gone. Mm-hmm. Or if they're at school, you know, and they're transitioning to a class, they get distracted and move away. It happens. Right. So my thing is, let's be as prepared as possible before it happens. We, my clients that I have, we already put in place in their IEPs safety goals. Okay, that's and important. And a safety plan because you don't know, and we don't know what exactly will set a child off to elope. Right. There could be many things, you know, especially if you're at a park and there's so many things going on outside. We don't know. Yeah, I think it could be a bad situation that it's like the fight or flight, or it could be something that they see that they want, like, oh, I'm going to take off because this is something that I want to go see. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think it's just, it's a matter of us how prepared we're going to be. I created boxes for Mm -hmm. families, for low-income families, or families who just can't afford it, you know, or... You've tried to go on some of the sites to get the free boxes, and there's no more. Right. <laughs> they go They go quickly. And I just started making my own boxes. That's awesome. And um, putting the door alarms in them and putting stickers in them and putting um, different goals that you could put in for safety and putting in an emergency plan for school um, before my son was homeschooled. He's homeschooling now. We mm-hmm. had a code blue for Roman. Oh. And I told them you could use this for any of his peers in his classroom. Mm-hmm. But um, so what it was is if he just bolted, even if he just bolted and ran to the bathroom and hit or whatever, it was a code blue. And so everyone would know this is a child with autism that has left 
its particular area that they were in. Sure. And it doesn't even matter if they were outside the school, they have left the area that they were supposed to be in. Okay. Um, and then it goes on speakers and it goes on walkie talkies. Wow. And parents are called immediately and let them know, you know, we are in a code blue for your child. We're looking. Um, police have been called. They go through a whole procedure. And everyone in the school, including custodians, um, lunch personnel, everybody knows this. Right. Everybody okay. has to have a picture of the child or kids. And so they are familiar with our kids in that school. And so once we go into that, everyone looks. That's incredible. Everyone asks questions. So it's just, and for me, you just can't overdo that. No, I think, yeah, and this is just something for regular neurotypical parents as well, you know? I think it's every parent's nightmare to have a missing child. There's nothing worse. And I've even had a parent say, hey, my child doesn't have autism. Can I have this? Mm -hmm. Yes. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Take the kit because it's useful for us. And even though my son is tall now, he's he's 5'6", he towers over me. (laughs) Uh, he cannot stand the sound of the alarm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a regular alarm that I have on the door. And then I have the GE door alarms that are in my kits. Mm -hmm. And so I put them both on because I know he cannot stand the sound and he will run and jump in his bed. Right. To get away from it. Yeah. Yeah. To get away from it. Turn it off, mommy, turn it off. I turn it off, turn it off. So I know that he won't try and open the door. Now I do have other locks on my door that he cannot unlock. Okay. And the thing where I tell Paris is that I know he cannot get out the door, but he knows how if in case of an emergency, he knows how to unlock the lock to the windows. So sure. the alarms are on the windows and I put it to where he cannot switch it off. So okay. the alarm is gonna go off but he knows if there's fire, get out the window. Oh, that's um, good. That's, that was going to be one of my questions, like how, as far as the first responders and the fire, because I know that, you know, growing up, our parents sat down and told us, like, the fire evacuation plan. Like, yeah. okay, you were yeah. going to get your sister, and we're going to go out this way, and we're going to meet here. And I've often wondered that with Alex, and he's five and a half years old, and sometimes I wonder how much he really is able to comprehend. But it's right. something always in the back of my head, and sometimes I'll lay in bed at night and think about the fire evacuation plan and things like that, you know? So... He's familiar with the police officers and the firefighters and things like that. I say it's like kind of an overall thing with me, especially when we're dealing with our IP, IEPs um, and dealing with your neighborhood. If you have, like we have right across the street from us, we have two, I don't know why, but it's awesome, two mm-hmm. fire departments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, okay. Um, we have two fire departments. So the suggestions that I make for parents is, Get to know your neighbors who are like your direct neighbors, like my neighbor to the left and right of me and in front of me know my son and Mm -hmm. know he's autistic. So they know if he's outside of the house, you know to call me and get him. That's smart. Or just approach him and say, hey, where's mama? And if he can talk, you know, if he can tell you where I am, Mm -hmm. that's fine. And if you can get him to stay with you 
that's the key. Call me, you know, and I'll, and I'll come get him. So people around know me that you can trust. Mm-hmm. And then if you have a neighborhood um, police station or neighborhood fire department, take your picture, take a plan up to them mm-hmm. and let them know. Smart. This is my child. My child has autism. They can use it to be verbal, what, whatever the case may be. Give them that information and say, hey, can you please file this in case my child wanders away? You have this immediate information. Here's a map of our vicinity. If there's a lake, put it all in there. Yes. Whatever they are attracted to, like my son can't, he's like my sister. My sister can't swim a lift, but her friends will put her in a, a life vest and they get on the boat. Drives me nuts. So, and but, so does Roman know how to swim? That was going to be one of my Roman questions. does not know how to swim yet. Okay. Um, I know a lot of my friends who children on the spectrum do. Roman is not ready yet. And by that, I mean he is not ready to sit and listen to instruction. Right. Okay. And he's he is getting there because that's some of his um, goals that we have, behavior goals that we have for him. Because I don't want to put either the instructor or Roman in danger. Mm-hmm. Because when Roman gets in water, he is like he. First of all, he's a strong little boy, and his kick is like a donkey. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> if he gets in there, he just thinks it's the funniest thing ever, and. Somebody's going to drown. Either both of them are going to drown. Yeah. So I am not, he is not ready yet. And I do my best to try and make sure, well, everybody knows not to take him to a pool. His father knows. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows he is not allowed to go to a pool, especially if I'm not with him. He's not going anywhere near water. Sure. But I'm hoping this summer that he shows um, some skills that he's actually ready to sit down and follow those directions and listen and, and take in that information. Right. Um, but that is definitely one of the things that is on our list. I still have the map that has the, the water because we have a couple of open body water man-made pools around us and we have a lake okay. behind our community. So, if you have any of those things, do you have a playground that your child really loves that playground? It's, you know, it's around in your neighborhood and they know it. Put that on your map. Put everything on that map. Any kind of fun, secret places you know they like to go to. Definitely. If you go on walks with your children, you know, and they have a special place they like to go, put it all on there. And then give that to them. So they have that information immediately when they're calling that 911. Oh, we have this child already in our file. We're trying to really get the policemen and firefighters to actually have a file for our kids. And that that's part of the education and, process, you yes, know, educating yes. the first responders so they know, Absolutely. even if there's not an action plan that's been given to them, information about a specific child, they know automatically that if there is a right. call, like a code blue that comes yes. in, they know to look at the, for the bodies of water to, right. you know, to start asking some of those, you know, critical questions. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, draw everything down. If your child is not approachable, let them know that as well. Son, you can approach him, Uh but he's more than likely, he's really not going to go with you. He's going to say, I don't want it, which means I don't know you. No, and he'll put his hand out. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you just stand there and then call 911 until somebody gets there. Okay. Um, He's not going to run from you. He's just going to say, I don't want it. And he'll move back and put his hand in front. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, does he wear an ID bracelet or anything? 
he has an ID bracelet. He has his tracking device, mm-hmm. um, which I'm actually going to upgrade because <laughs> we, we've been doing that one for a bit. And he's bigger now, and he is aware of it. It doesn't bother him. Uh-huh. But it kind of bothers me because, you know, he's becoming a teenager. So I want yeah. one that's less visible that's, you know, what is that on you, man, you know? Sure. I want it just to kind of be, you know, hidden away because, you know, I, I still wanted to be a teenager. and Absolutely. Um, but we do have, he, he has both, and he knows both of our names. We, we, we go over this, like, almost daily. It's part of his IEP that I have at home with him. Mm-hmm. We talk about, you know, what is my name? What's mommy's name? What's daddy's name? Uh-huh. Um, we go over our address. We go over our phone number. Um, we go over his birthday. Right. So we go over the city that we live in just in case he's wandering around and they can give that information. It is on his tags as well, but if he, you can't get to him. Right. Yeah. If he's running, <laughs> you can't see the yeah, ID. Know, maybe he will be verbal. And that's sadly even a long shot either. But you know what? Even if it is, it's on him. And I prepared. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. You know, there is so much you can do, but as long as you're taking those steps, you're taking those extra steps, and that you know you did everything you could to keep your child safe. I mean, that's all that matters. Because that, right. It's impossible to not let anything happen to our child, but something like that, we can do as much as we can, get every tool that we can possible for our kids, for the school, wherever they go, babysitters, doctors, whoever it is, grandparents. That's right. Everybody should have a plan of action. Everybody, cousins, whoever he hangs out with mm-hmm. and he spends time with, whether you're with them or not, everyone should have a plan. That's right. Of what to do in case the child elopes. Well, you have, I know that I was looking on the CDC's website for helpful tips, and it it's what some of the tips that you talked about are like the exact tips that they recommend. So, you know, you're doing everything just point by point, right on, you're spot on on what you're doing. And I just really appreciate you um, taking the time. I know we were even going to be talking about uh, your STEM education training, because I, I think a lot of people may not realize that you are an educator by trade like that's that's what you do so I'm gonna have to have you back on sometime to even talk about like your your STEM education because you're a business owner and you have an academy in Texas and that really kind of stemmed pun intended because of your son's learning and you needing right. to a way to that would reach him and so I'm going to have you back on as a guest for anyone that's interested in learning about STEM education because I know that I want to learn more about it as well and how this is I so great you. yeah especially for our kiddos that are on the spectrum And so that's a whole other topic, but I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're crazy busy and you have shared so much great information and, you know, just thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I had a fun time. Yeah. Well, we'll have to touch base again. We'll have you back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Take care. The CDC offers some helpful tips that can help you prepare in advance in the event that your child does bolt. 
set up an emergency response plan, keep a current photo of your child, have your child wear an ID bracelet, let anyone who may have regular contact with your child know they may wander, meet your neighbors and inform them of your situation, immediately call first responders, teach your child safety commands such as stop, teach your child to swim, teach them how to cross the street, and meet with any healthcare providers who understand your child's unique situation and ask for their expert advice. There isn't any way to ensure 100% that your child is safe in this world. And this just isn't something that is possible for any parent. But with establishing proper safety measures, it will help to alleviate some of the fears that come with the possibility of facing this situation. For more information, you can visit the CDC and Autism Society websites. And of course, as always, please feel free to reach out to my Autism Tribe. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.